It has been a busy summer, but the fall is going to be even busier. I'm excited about what God is doing in Christian schools and in homes and in churches. Uh, Stay tuned as I share a little bit of what I've seen taking place. Welcome to Kingdom Currents. My name is Glenn Schultz, your host, and uh, I'm excited about uh, all that's happening uh, in the Christian community regarding uh, the need to educate our children and our grandchildren biblically. Uh, it, it's been uh, wonderful to see an interest seem to build uh, about getting our staffs, our parents, and, and even church leaders to understand kingdom education. Uh, In fact, from August 1st through September uh, 1st, 32 days, uh, I'm going to be in 10 different states and I'll be doing 13 separate in-service sessions for either school staffs or or for their leadership and board or even parents. So uh, to see this uh, desire to go and have better understanding of a biblical philosophy of education and, and a biblical worldview and how it impacts education at home, church, and school is important. And, and it's something that in, encourages me. Uh, as I've been talking about in several uh, pod, podcast episodes in the past, Uh, This summer, we were conducting two uh, Kingdom Education Summits. Our first one was held in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. North Raleigh uh, Christian Academy was gracious enough to be our host, and we had over 100 uh, school and church leaders and even some parents come uh, to the event. I I walked away from it uh, encouraged and also challenged Uh, It was one of the strongest ones we've done in the three years, and it sort of took me back to something that uh, took place about three and a half years ago. I had invited uh, Tim Mueller and uh, Luke Bauer to join me uh, up in Lawrenceville, Georgia, where we were just going to spend a weekend uh, getting into God's Word and praying about the future of Kingdom Education Ministries. Uh, We sort of had an agenda, but that got sort of set aside within uh, just a a short hours of uh, us getting together and really spending time just saying, God, what do you want uh, to do through Kingdom Education Ministries in the future? And what we did, we sort of came uh, away with sort of a revised mission statement. And here's what we uh, thought God was calling us to do. Uh, Kingdom Education Ministries is called by God to, number one, restore the individual, two, empower the home, three, engage the church, and four, transform the school all through Kingdom Education. What, what we wanted to see in the future, sort of our vision, is seeing future generations equipped to create a kingdom culture that views life through the lens of Scripture and thus bringing glory to God. Now, now we really felt that what was key to keep in mind was God's word to be central, Christ's likeness, a biblical philosophy of education, what the Christian family is, the importance of the local church, and then to focus on the Great Commission, which is making disciples. Now, when we talk about restore individuals, empower the home, engage the church, transform the school, we were specific in what we really believe those uh, 
sort of uh, verbs would would entail. When we talk about restoring the individual, we we put it down in these words, restoring the individual by establishing an understanding of kingdom education and deepening one's knowledge of God. That's what we felt every individual Christian needed if we're going to raise the next generation uh, to be uh, biblical disciples of Christ. When we talk about empowering the home, uh, this is how we describe that. Empowering parents to fulfill their God-given mandate of providing their children with a biblical worldview education, resulting in them becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. See, that, that, that really resonated with us at the time, and it's sort of driving us even in our summits. To engage the church, we defined it as engaging church leaders to address the issue of education biblically and equip parents to fulfill their God-given mandate to educate children biblically. It was interesting at last week's summit, uh, a pastor attended, and at the end he came up to me and he said, Glenn, I just have one piece of advice to give to you. And, and then he sort of shocked me and he just looked at me and he says, you've got to be harder on us pastors. We don't have a clue. We're so busy. This stuff doesn't even cross uh, our minds. And you just have to come in and hit us hard and blunt with the reality of what's happening. And I was so encouraged by that. And then to transform Christian schools. See, transforming Christian schools by challenging educators to know, understand, and embrace kingdom education. That That is really what's been driving everything I've done, whether it's these podcasts or anything else, over the last three and a half years since the three of us met in a living room and just spent a whole weekend praying and getting into Scripture and seeking God's will. As I walked away from the Kingdom Education Summit Uh, last week, and I'm preparing. We're going to be in Phoenix uh, this week when this uh, broadcast airs. We'll be doing our our second Kingdom Education Summit there at Northwest Christian School in Phoenix. I walked away from the one in North Carolina just so challenged. Uh, When you think of empowering the home, and what empowered parents would look like, I realized that, number one, God wants to destroy the family. I also came away with a greater understanding that parents have the primary responsibility for their children's education, and that parents' primary goals must be the salvation and discipleship of their children. That became so much more focused And then every child will be discipled by someone or something through his education. But then we were reminded at the summit that only 4% of Christian preteen parents have biblical worldviews. In other words, the Christian parents of preteenagers, only 4% of them have a biblical worldview. We also looked at the fact that parents do not prioritize or strategically engage in the spiritual formation or discipleship of their children, and and that so many Christian parents 
use the subcontracting method on how to educate their children. In other words, they subcontracted to the home, to the church, to the coach, to the teacher. They don't take that responsibility themselves. And finally, we we understood that most of the subcontractors that parents choose don't possess a biblical worldview either. So I, I sat down after the summit and I just made myself some notes and said, what are some bullet points? What does an empowered parent look like? And here's what I wrote down. Empowered parents understand that God holds them accountable for providing their children with a biblical education. I also put down that empowered parents know, understand, and embrace the 14 essential principles of a biblical philosophy of education found in kingdom education. Empowered parents carefully choose who is going to help them educate their children, making sure all teachers, coaches, etc. obey the principles of kingdom education. Empowered parents believe that the primary goal for educating their children is making them disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, Another mark of an empowered uh, parent, uh, I said, was the fact that when you look at all those things that empowered parents believe in, they're going to accomplish this by, number one, cultivating their children's heart to promote spiritual, mental, and physical growth. They've got to work the ground of their children's heart daily. The, the other thing it's going to take f- to empower parents to do what I just shared is empowered parents have to uh, reside in God's word every single day. And they have to communicate truth to their children, not just in word, but in deed. One of the most convicting things I heard recently, Dr. George Barna was speaking at a Worldview conference that I was at, and I was uh, participating also, and he said that their research finds that the majority of children and youth no longer trust their parents. And the reason why they don't trust their parents is because they see a disconnect between what their parents say and what their parents live. And so we've got to communicate truth to our children in word and deed. And and the other thing that it's going to take parents to do if they're going to be empowered parents and have those marks I shared, they have to constantly be willing to contend or fight for the faith. I'll, I'll never forget reading Erwin Lutzer's book, Church in Babylon. And he says this, about what to do when you're in a Babylonian culture, which we are today in the United States. Uh, He went and he said, when in Babylon, build strong families. Only strong families can weather the cultural storms of Babylon. The father led his family in the Passover rituals. Fathers were charged with teaching children the word of God. And God knew that with strong fathers grounded in the word of God, these families could survive paganism. With strong families, God would have future seed, and the message of his gospel, as understood in Old Testament times, would flourish. God needed children so that a future generation would be able to return to the land and continue his work. Now, that's what Lutzer wrote about the 
children of Israel when they were in Babylon and what God told them to do, settle down and build strong families. The same advice today. So I, I am even more convinced and convicted that the key to making disciples of future generations rests in parents being empowered. Now, when, when you understand that parents need to be empowered and they're not, then we also looked at the role of the church. How, how do we engage the church? Uh, again, some points about the church that we talked about at last week's summit was that Satan really wants to weaken the church. But the mission of every church is always the same. Make disciples of all nations. That's the only mission that any church has. Unfortunately, many church leaders equate the Great Commission to evangelism only. And many church leaders are measuring success by the number of attendees, the size of their facilities and their budget and giving, the number of staff and the programs that are offered, not on making disciples. Again, George Barna in some of his research found that only 12%, that's basically one out of every 10, children and youth pastors have a biblical worldview. We also understood that the church has very little time and influence in shaping a children's worldview as the church operates today. Most church leaders have not addressed the issue of education biblically. And we've got to understand that church leaders are responsible for equipping Christians to do the work of the ministry. And one of the things we discussed at the summit was one of the most important works of the ministry that needs to be done in a local church in order to make disciples is to for the church to disciple parents so that they can disciple their own children. So once again, a- after the summit, I sat down and I said, okay, what would be marks of an engaged church? And here's what I jotted down. An engaged church helps all church staff members to develop a biblical worldview. I wonder how many lead pastors are doing that with their church church staff members. An engaged church understands and operates the church from a biblical philosophy of education or kingdom education. An engaged church gives priority to equipping parents to be disciples and understand their God-given mandate to educate their children biblically. That should be one of the top priority things of any local church. An engaged church also conducts ongoing training for all their lay leaders and teachers in biblical worldview development and kingdom education. Are we just training uh, our lay leaders and teachers to go through curriculum and go through quarterlies, or are we training them to actually develop biblical worldviews and to understand and embrace kingdom education principles? An engaged church also provides resources and support to parents so that they can make disciples of their children. One of the greatest sets of resources and support that you know churches should provide their members is to provide parents with what they need to educate their children biblically now that may mean that they would even engage excuse me you know expand their ministry of the church to include schooling 
So it's amazing what could happen if a church became engaged. An engaged church also understands the difference between starting and operating a Christian school and expanding ministry to include schooling. See, that's what I think needs to be done. The church needs to see, we're going to expand our church ministry to be vibrant all week long, and it's going to include schooling ministry. So, so that's just a little bit of what I think an engaged church should look like. I, I'm reminded of something that Martin Luther said. He said that when schools prosper, the church remains righteous and her doctrine pure. So he's equating schooling with keeping the church centered on pure doctrine. He said that if we are dead as a church, whence would come our successors, if not from the schools? For the sake of the church, we must have and maintain Christian schools. So a church has to be engaged in the education of children all week long. And then comes, okay, what about the school? How does the school fit into this? And how did I come across, came, come apart from uh, the summit, and how did I look at schools? Well, again, remember, Christian schools are to partner with parents in making disciples of the next generation. Uh, the primary teaching generation is the millennial generation. That's what's happening in our Christian schools. And the reality is only 4% of millennials have a biblical worldview. And, and if we go back to a 1993 study, less than 50% of Christian school teachers back then understood and could articulate a, a biblical philosophy of education. When we shared that result of that study back in 93 with uh, the people at the summit, they all were amazed and said, well, our teachers probably are, are a smaller percentage that understand and could ar articulate a biblical philosophy of education. And then we also saw where so many Christian schools have been chasing after academic excellence and, and athletic achievement at the expense of a biblical philosophy of education. And we've got to change that. And so we also saw that many Christian schools were pursuing worldly excellence and equating excellence with worldly success measures. Uh, we, we saw that there was a little comprehensive, ongoing, intentional professional development in many Christian schools and helping board and staff members develop a biblical worldview and understand kingdom education. We also noted that there is not really a biblical alignment of philosophy between the teacher subject and textbooks in so many Christian schools. And for most Christian schools, they are simply preparing students for more schooling, or you could say college and career readiness. So after the summit, I sat down and said, okay, what would a transformed school look like? And here's some of my bullet points. Transformed schools are future-focused with an intense focus on the eternal perspective. We're not just preparing our students for college and, and career. We are focused on eternity. Transformed schools are intentional in helping board and staff members actually develop a biblical worldview. Transformed schools ensure that all board 
and staff members know, understand, and embrace the 14 essential principles of a biblical philosophy of education that's found in kingdom education. Transform schools assist parents in understanding their God-given responsibility to give their children a biblical education. I also noted that Transform schools hold evangelism and discipleship as central goals for all their educational programs, whether academic or athletic or fine arts. Transform schools know that there is no such thing as neutral knowledge. All knowledge is understood in the context of some worldview. Transform schools focus on students increased, increasing in their knowledge of God through all their schooling and the discerning of God's call on their lives. And transform schools develop a biblically-based philosophy that is aligned between teacher, subject matter, and textbook. Now, when you think about that, We've got a lot of work to do in our Christian schools. So I I came away encouraged to see these 100-plus Christians so engaged in saying, how do we make disciples of the next generation? You know, how how do we go and go beyond what we're doing now? And how do we see empowered homes? And how do we see engaged churches and transformed schools? But, but I came away with a deeper conviction that, that we've got to go and identify what transformed parent, or excuse me, what empowered parents should look like and what engaged churches should look like and what should they be doing and then what is a transformed school. So that's going to be more of what I focus on and and share with you on future uh, podcast episodes. I'm just so grateful for how so many have stayed uh, tuned to these uh, podcast programs and how you're sharing it around. Uh, Again, let's be committed. A new school year is close by. And let's make sure that we go and restore ourselves, our individuals, where, where we understand kingdom education and we ha- are deepening in our knowledge of God each and every day. And then let's go out and empower parents to fulfill their God-given mandate to provide their children with a biblical worldview education. Uh, let's be determined and let's pray God to open doors so we can Gauge church leaders to issue uh, to address the issue of education biblically and equip parents to fulfill their God-given mandate to educate children biblically. And then let's make sure our Christian schools are transformed by kingdom education, where, where we know and we understand and we embrace those 14 biblical principles that make up the biblical philosophy of education, of kingdom education. So as I go off to Phoenix uh, to do another Kingdom Education Summit, I hope to on the next episode I, I can share with you how God moved there like he did in North Carolina. So may God bless you. 
may he just deepen your understanding of how he wants us to educate our children and youth so that they become disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm Jessica Gake, Director of Curriculum and Instruction for Online Learning at Northwest Christian School. NCS has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public, private, or homeschool. Frameworks has developed these courses using subject matter experts and curriculum from Summit Ministries, Young Life, Stand to Reason, and many others. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com. 